This episode of Chicago's Bravest Story is brought to you by Chicagoland 1-800-BOARDUP. Corey, you know a lot about BOARDUP. Man, I am a BOARDUP guy from way back then. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, for a lot of you guys that uh, are, are, aren't super familiar with what BOARDUP companies do, um, post-fire, we've got a lot of openings in the house. we got a, a lot of orifices, if you will. Orifices. And, um, and board of companies show up and they they get you lined up and these guys at chicago and 1-800 board up are the best in the business pal well they're all about their victim assistance so they'll take you from the fire all the way back to bringing you back into the house post fire yeah it's not just about like fixing the house it's about helping the the person that that was involved it's not just putting plywood on your windows after fire it's about taking care of the victims. They have this saying about after the fire, now what? These guys will answer all those questions. They'll take care of everything. But you got to reach out to them. You can find them on Facebook at Chicagoland 1-800-BOARDUP. And if you go to our social media, we have the QR code. And just scan that QR code. It'll take you right there. Yeah, man. Um, and on top of fire restoration, they also do water damage, wind damage. Um, again, these guys, like, pretty much, if there's a disaster, if there's something terrible that's, that's going on, they're going to help. They're going to prop you up and help you out in whatever way they can. Yeah, they, are, they know what they're doing. They've had 10 years of supporting the fire service and even more than that of restoration, everything else. We, you went to the whole list on our last episode here about wind damage restoring fine artwork everything else anything that you need post-fire chicagoland 18 board up can provide screen i know we're recording just does things i don't even know so um well i like how in the middle of the pod, i find found finally found out what that sound was from so the feedback cory was hearing feedback and i like cory's initiative to go find it looking over there not not having any idea of the equipment and you were looking for it and i'm like i'm hearing it too but for so cory to get up and try to solve the problem i'm like it must be bad. It must be bad. It must, it must be, be bad. bad. <laughs> the, the world is burning. It right. So be we've had it before. Eh, right. Well, it's usually yeah. that speaker's on, yeah. but I already turned it off because I heard it before. Yeah. And now I couldn't figure out, but from a previous podcast, he had the headphones plugged in. What a dick. <laughs> Our sound so, engineer. Do you want fired? Fire him. Fired. You won't fire him, Vince. So, um... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Where were we, Billy? Beautiful. So, let, let, yeah, let, let's let's well, move on here. So, as, as as the career, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> as the career would progress, yeah. um, it, well, let's go back a little bit here to when I actually got introduced into fire investigation because I'm sure people want to hear about this. Yes. Um, so, in 1999, the fire chief in Mantino says to me, "Hey, um, would you be interested in becoming a fire investigator?" 
and I said, "So you still had ties?" Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, we're, we're turning we're turning the hands of time back a little bit right now, Van. <laughs> okay. So we, we've oh, talked. So, so yeah. Well, let's on. let's talk right. about fire investigation. So when yeah. when when I get orientated to it, and I'm thinking. So you're you're full time back in Mantino. I'm full time in Mantino. Nothing with the city. Yeah. yeah, nothing with the city. And then he's just like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, would you be interested in the, the guy that's been doing it? He's been around a long time, and he's a little older, and he wants, you know, he wants some fresh blood in there. And I think it'd be kind of a stand up thing if you just got in there and became involved with the Mavis team. And I said, you know what? Could I carry a gun? Because that's all I knew about. <laughs> that's all I knew about. Because if I could shoot people, if I'm I could in, carry right. a gun and I could arrest people, yeah. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you're just going to be a fire investigator. That's an arson investigator. We don't do that here. Mm. So that's kind of when I, my first like introduction into the distinction between the two oh, of them. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So I go through the mods. I go through Harvey. Uh, Keith Vallow, the guy, the gentleman yeah. that you wanted to reach out to, yeah. he was actually in charge of the unit, I believe, at that time. Or maybe he was Keith one of the. Was? Yeah, really? Harvey was very aggressive with yeah. uh, fire investigation back in the late nineties, early two thousands. Were they burning like they were in two thousand? Harvey. Oh God, yeah, Vince. That's oh, they 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 were like one of those departments. Harvey Markham, all that out there, Division yeah. twenty four. Yeah, yeah, they were getting fire burning. burning. Like, yeah, burning. Harvey Markham is Robbins in there too. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, Robbins is in there. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, I mean, for like fifty years on fire, right? Uh, long time. You know, from what I under from what I understand, uh, Harvey went through changes. Yeah, just like everybody during the civil rights movement in the seventies, and that's when yeah. things started changing. And the fires came eighties. Into yeah. the 90s and then into the two, they get them, but they don't get them like they used to, like sure. everybody. But that yeah, was so, the heyday of yeah, that was the heyday. Yeah, so I get I get certified. I'm on Division Seven at 99. the time. Yeah, okay. And then uh, you know get hired in the city, and then I got to bounce around a little bit. I gotta I gotta figure it out because I'm not an OFI. I can't go on OFI because. Of course, on this job, if you do that, you're a ducker, you know, and I can't be a ducker just yet. So, no, <laughs> so, so it wasn't an option for you, has it? No, it wasn't. A, no, I, I mean, I, I, I reverted. What, an OFI, what, what kind of time did an OFI guy have? Well, I mean, at that time, you could be the new guy around the block, but uh, at the time, the guy that was in charge of the unit, um, you had to know somebody, I think, to really to get to break through to get with to that. OFI. Yeah, to get to OFI. You know, that's what some of the guys like the chief now tells me a lot of stories about that. And uh, the guy that's number two of the unit. Um, but uh, I just I did not even the the fire investigation thing was going to be a part time thing at that point. Yeah, I knew about OFI. I, I I read about them. I you know Cosgrove books and all this. Deckelman, who was a mentor, turned turned out being a mentor of mine in the fire investigation yeah. field. Um, Big name. In the he was service, training. Yeah, yeah, he was a training officer. Yeah, we tried fire. getting Cosgrove on the podcast, and he's a he's a tough guy to get a hold of. Is he? Yeah. I don't know. I know his kids on the job, so maybe I could. I've, ask. I've reached out to him. Yeah. And he he was just yeah. Good luck trying to get a hold of my dad. But here's here's some info. I'll try. He he just he writes his books and. He doesn't care to promote him or anything like that, and God no. bless you. He that that he just wants to write him. I think his dad dabbled in the private sector, and and we'll get into that here. You know, private public sector shit. But yeah, so um, so you get so you go through and like out out by us, like outside of the city, the city of. The, the city, city of, the city of Chicago. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you did. The, the city of Chicago, of outside, outside of the city of Chicago, oh. the um, Illinois State Fire Marshal will um, will uh, 
allow you to sit for a test to become a fire investigator if you've completed three 40-hour weeks of fire investigation classes. That's yeah. what Bill was referring to as the um, the, mods, the, the modules. Do you get so extra pay for that? No. No? No. When, when you took it back in Montino? Probably. No. 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 There was no incentive. It was step up and do the right thing, and mm. we'll pay you overtime if you get called out after hours, you know, sure. which is whatever. Yeah. So I'm new. I want to I wanna be involved, you know? And again, it comes back to neglecting family. So it, it wasn't something that I want to be a fire investigator. It was just... It, it, no. It, hap- it just happened. It happened, Vince. Into, okay. Yeah. It happened. I fell into it, and I look back at it, and I laugh. Now I chuckle about it because I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. And unlike my fire service career where I was mentored by some hard-hitting dudes, I got just... Mentored by some guys that pieces of shit. <laughs> Holy shit. I go to fires, some of these guys, and everything was an electrical fire. It was like, <laughs> holy shit, no wonder where they get this from, right. you know? Yeah. And these guys had no clue looking at burn patterns. They had no clue looking at uh, ventilation. They had no idea, no concept of fire behavior, or fire dynamics, which is everything for a fire investigator. Um, and, you know, it just, I learned a lot on what not to do. And as I've progressed in my fire investigation career, I've really put together a lot of pieces of unanswered questions that I had 10 years ago when I started really getting into this and really taking it up another notch, you know, in my career. Um, I, 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 he knows, I mean, I've been, I do conferences. I've, I've been all over. I've been to Oklahoma. I've been to Florida. I'll be in New York in the fall doing a conference for 250 people. Um, I've, 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 I've done some, I've done some talking in front of big audiences and some of my some of my evaluations, you know, because you always got to give evaluations. Some guys have said that they felt like they were at a fucking comedy club instead of a. <laughs> but I'm not. It's, a, it's the Billy Show. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you're not falling asleep in my fucking class. This no. ain't happening. And yeah. this is a very dry. People would rather watch paint dry than talk about fire investigation. But I've somehow have made the student engage in the training and I've gotten really good feedback on it. And, um, I, I guess it was something that I had that I didn't know I had, but, uh, you know, it's worked out, but, um, it's, it's, it's just something that's, I mean, probably with any highly specific, uh, highly specific, uh, uh, specialty in the fire services that like, I mean, I gotta say, I look back on it and I'm like, dude, this is, I wouldn't be anywhere near the fireman I am today if it wasn't for the fact that, like, knowing fire dynamics, knowing the the behavior of fire, like, I mean, it's made me by far a better fireman. And, like, you you look at it, and, and it's back then, like, uh, yeah, V pattern, you know, or, like, oh, uh, uh, you know, flashover. What's the definition of flashover? Bill, what is the definition Don't of Don't start fire? with me right now because right <laughs> yeah. I mean, but even in this state, and he could say it. I know he can. I've been it's with It's a chain reaction that, as a result, heat, light, and smoke are omitted. <laughs> that is the definition of fire, Vincent. Know the fire triangle. Yeah, yeah. The, the tetrahedron. Know the, the fire the tetrahedron, yeah. right. Um, but, but like, it, it is. That like, when you look at it, and like, it, all of a sudden, you're realizing, like, like, dude, like, 
it got real fucking hot. I couldn't get in this room. I couldn't get in this room. I couldn't make the door. You know why? And you look at it now, and you're like, uh, that, that's why. You know, yeah. Like, um, Chicago's bravest stories would also like to thank the Yard Foundation for their continued support with the podcast and their service to first responders across the country. Established in 2015 as a firefighter training group on Facebook, the Yard Foundation has grown to over 50,000 members. They foster a community that mirrored the camaraderie of a firehouse where jokes and laughter were shared. But when time came to support one another, we all united and rallied behind a common cause. Well, the Yard Foundation has helped people that were personally close to you and I, mm -hmm. without question, without paperwork, without anything, these guys are literally showing up on people's doorsteps saying, hey, take this money to get you by. We know you're in some trouble. Just take this. We'll figure out the rest from there. Yeah. I mean, again, if you guys know any of these people from the Yard Foundation, Tony, Aaron, Amy, John. Clem. Yeah. These guys, I mean, again, you if, if you're just going off these people's character this thing can't lose if you ever want to support a program that just helps us without the red tape of the bureaucracy money that you donate and that goes from the t-shirts that you buy or the whatever it is that they're doing to raise money it's a non-profit so whatever you're giving goes right to people that need the money the most mm -hmm. so if you're gonna get behind an organization get behind the yard foundation yeah you can visit them at theyardfoundation.org make sure to check them out on facebook make sure to support them on all other social media platforms and again visit theyardfoundation.org and donate now please When you finally get to uh, now, just because I have, I, honest to God, I've been on for just my 13th year and I have no idea how OFI works. Okay. Do you, is it a resume job or? It, it is a resume. Is it, is, do you have to wait for a, an opening? Um, well, on every vacancy, you'll always see, you know, three, four, five fire marshals they need. But yes, you have to have the mods. So what we've done is we've worked it out with, um, uh, Brian Adcock, who's a lieutenant in Frankfurt, give him a little prop here. Yeah. He's the lead instructor coordinator for the uh, for the modules through Moraine Valley. Andy Hoffnagel, who's uh, the the fire uh, service coordinator over there, they bring those mods to Chicago. They've never done that before. You always had to go on your own, IFSI in Orland, or you went and saw our buddy Nick Nipsta. Stecker in yeah. Nipsta. Yeah. Um, so the mods came to the city and. Um, they've make it real accommodating for firemen to get the mods, you know, okay. but they go through like an orientation with me. So you could imagine Vince, when that door closes and we start talking, no, sit down. <laughs> Did I tell you to Have sit down? Yeah. yeah. If you come here and you think you're going to sleep, leave now. If you think you're not going to type reports, leave now. Right. And that's the problem is that. Nobody on this job understands what it is we do. I've had chiefs tell me point blank to my face, I don't know what you do, but just go do it. Right. 
Right. <laughs> okay, so, and they so leave us the alone. Gra- yeah, so in the grand scheme of um, uh, of the fire service, so like you'll have your initial crews respond and um, arguably the authority having jurisdiction, right, Bill? Every fire needs to be investigated. Correct? Right, that's a state law. Right, yeah. and there's a lot of ignorance to that, but yes, there is. And every, a, and every yes. confirmed fire or every Every still, working every box, fire every, where every you have single fire. fire, smoke, heat, you have. You can argue that any dumpster fire uh, yeah. needs, to be argue, it right. needs to be investigated. Right, and then there's actually experts out there that will tell you. How many people are on OFI in a well, you've city got, the size of not so, New York? Uh, you've got the, <laughs> here we go in New York bullshit. Um, we've got six fire marshals a day riding in three cars, um, with either a supervisor, which is a lieutenant or an acting officer. And then we've got the, uh, office staff, which is a commanding fire marshal, Ryan Rivera. Where are you guys, uh, stationed? At? We're, uh, at, um, right behind engine 16's quarters. Okay. So whatever that is, 35 East Pershing. So we're right in the back there. That used to be EMS South. Um, we took over it a couple of years back. We were at Engine 18 for a while. Um, then they had us at four different firehouses. That was pretty much the old OFI days when they were doing that. Yeah. Um, Brad Batka, he's the number two assistant commanding fire marshal. Good dude. He's been in OFI for a long time. He's got uh, 26 years on the job. Uh, Riv is the chief. He's good dude. He's the one that actually... So that that's your... That's your and- actual city title is a fire marshal yeah you are a fire marshal right you become detached when you when you become oh, detached when you become assigned no to ofi and if you stay in there for a year technically if you decide to go back to the field you're supposed to go down to the academy for retraining no kidding yeah you're not doing fire suppression or ems duties anymore you are you are truly detached you're a fire I, marshal I, I had no idea yeah. that you were detached yeah that's if you look at our 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 code our title code for uh for for telestaff um yeah you you are a fire marshal like i'm a supervising fire marshal training officer now how does it affect your pension and stuff like it's that. not pensionable. It's not. No. Jeez. It's not pensionable. No. I had no what? freaking no. clue. No, because everybody's in an appointed position. You're like an exempt rank guy. You're an exempt rank. That's exactly it. They pay me lieutenants, pay to be a training officer, and then um, Riv's getting, uh, he's a DDC, and uh, Brad's getting battalion chief pay, which isn't too shabby. I mean, uh, Brad's sure. a captain. He's got, He's a captain civil service, uh, Riv's a lieutenant, and uh, I'm fireman. And the other gentleman, uh, John Sullivan, is a uh, fireman. So what does, personally, yeah, nobody cares here on the podcast, but just personally, what what does retirement look like for someone who's out of OFI? Uh, you know, if you don't make engineer or lieutenant, you're going to go out at, uh, depending on how many years of service, so, you know, 29 a day maxes you out, obviously. Sure. Right. Oh, okay. What yeah. about age? Uh, 63. Does that no, still thing. applies? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 63 is... Uh, what you got to go, you're gone on the mm-hmm. fire side. Um, and if you go off as a fireman with 29 in a day, is it, is it bad? No, but it's right. every rank you go up, you're making almost a thousand more a month in your pension. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's huge. So, um, except for engineer, that's only like 500 bucks. That's, that's not really arguably. It's, it's yeah. yeah well, I mean, Billy, how about this? Listen to me. Follow me here. Sure. You are still a medic. Yes. When you get 63, you stay with the department as a medic, and then you keep your OFI job. 
<laughs> what do you think? No, you, that's already been lost. You in, can't you, lose. Yeah, yeah people have. <laughs> people, Sounds people, like a win-win. Seems like go. a win-win, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Listen, you beat the system, Billy. Beat the system. Here we so go. Vince cheers. is giving you the cheers. Vince is giving you the tools to be your own boss. <laughs> so, oh, sure, uh, yes. no. um, so you so, take forty percent. <laughs> I take sixty percent. So right, yeah, no. Um, but so you're where are you out of when you get the call for OFI? I'm at Engine ninety three. I'm in okay. Roseland. Um, yeah. Now that, and I'm going to catch a lot of shit on this, but that is by far the best. That is the that is the company of all companies. There statistically, that, they're the, the shit. biggest numbers. They're the shit, man. That's a rig that does close to five thousand runs by itself. Dude, I gotta say, they're the shit, man. Runs in Roseland, yeah, they're the shit. I was gonna say, I don't know too much about the South Side, but like, I know the phrase "the bad boys of Roseland." Yeah, well, that's sixty-two in the truck there. That's you know, but ninety-three is just on an island by themselves over is that there. Where you were at? Yeah, that's where I was at. So, um, I had a great time over there. Just a great bunch of guys. I, I would still be there if I didn't get into OFI. I, yeah. I really would. I would have just stayed there and I mean, not I, left. I think that's when I met you, right? About that. Yeah, you when were, I met you, you I was on 93, right, because yeah. I was dabbling with Division 20 for yeah. investigation just to keep my uh, skills up. Yeah. And then the private sector, you know, doing that shit. Well, Billy, what, how does uh, investigation differ if you have a loss of life? Mm. Wow, that's, you know, there's... there. <laughs> You know, because you have your bread and butter typical. Hey, we know exactly what this is about. Then you have a loss. Is there a whole different procedure that you need to investigate? And is the, is is this a different mindset for you going into this fire, knowing that there is a loss of life in there, and now it's it's something different. Um, room and contents is something, right? Room and contents two eleven three eleven. I mean. It always starts with, you know, an ignition source and that first material ignited. Is, is that that's is that the first thing that you want to try to get that's, to? That's what we're doing. That's why yeah. we're there. Yeah, you know? what's what's our job, Bill? What what does fire your job is equal? yeah, your your job is origin and cause. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Your job is to tell me that heat source and how did that heat transfer to that object. What's what's the biggest, easiest telltale sign when you walk in? You know, you, that's that that's where you start getting cliche and yeah. you start getting that's what has gotten a lot of fire investigators over the years in trouble. And that is what has gotten a lot of private sector prominent experts who have made a lot of money uh, very rich and wealthy because they've just eaten these guys up with, you know, it's bread and butter. It's easy. It's because I said I, you know, it's yeah. because I say, you well, can, know. Can I yeah. give you the only thing I know about fire investigations sure. that I, out of my vast knowledge of firefighting, which Clearly. is zero, We've talked about. is how the light bulbs will melt to the side of the fire. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can, like, one of those roadmaps yeah, so, to origin. Yeah, so so Vince is talking about incandescent bulbs, mm -hmm. like where they will actually pull to 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 a higher heat source than or, or a higher uh, ignition temperature. Than, is that, than, is, that uh, is that true? You know, there's in so many. I don't like to comment on stuff like that because, believe me, there's people out there that will like to hear me say something silly on this podcast about and fire. Hold your feet to the fire. Hold my feet to the fire. <laughs> there are many. <laughs> there are many indicators that a fire investigator uses to tell them how a fire starts. And, you know, this 921 and this 1033 and all this other shit that we got to follow. You know, I, I got a compliment a couple of weeks ago from the chief. He said, look, if you look at 
training officers in the past here in OFI, they only had to make sure really of one thing was that they understood how we did it here in the city, right? Which is totally different from anyone else, as you could imagine. Um, you, on the other hand, have been tasked with preparing people to defend what we find. Uh. They never had to do that 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. They did, but it wasn't as... It wasn't as prevalent prevalent as it is now, you know. I mean, you have 20 to 30 FOIAs come in in a week on fires that happen within that jurisdiction, and people are just looking for ways to hang these guys on a tightrope all the time. You're you're talking about uh, freedom of information. Fire marshals, yeah, FOIAs. So you have all kinds of individuals with specified interests that want to come in and investigate fires in the city. And there's been also this, you know, wise tale of, well, the private guy's going to come behind me. And Are he's these mostly insurance guys. Yeah. So I'll, I'll explain this just so people have an understanding, but you have a private sector fire investigator and you have a public sector fire investigator. So I do both. I still do both. I kind of dabble in the private sector a little bit, but public sector has always been, kind of where it's at you know you're you're doing it you're you're the first guy there yeah the fire's put out it's your job now to go in that's, there uh, like that's where um, that's the intro entry level position and that is where the um that's where the fire investigator becomes a fire investigator if any of us become um if any of us begin to start dabbling in like private fire investigations it's because generally these guys have come from a public background there are guys like us that have become fire investigators on on our side there's been a fire from you know any any range of causes and um and again guys might retire or guys might um sure but i'm wondering is it adversarial between the public sector guys versus the private sector guys or because you're getting the freshest scene you are getting it right after it happens, a private sector guy is probably from an insurance company and he's trying to make the claim or deny the claim. So he's got to basically look at maybe the pictures that you took or somebody that took that were there. He's, he's getting everything secondhand. So is, well, is there, Vince, is let there me, let's take us down the, down the road. So we have a fire. Okay. We have a, I'll give you a perfect example, one that I'm working on right now. We've got a fire in West Singlewood where we've got a person that was, uh, I'll call it as is, we've got a, a room and contents fire, uh, multiple points of origin. Stay, and a, stay very vague, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, okay. but, but a fire that happened in the city where yeah. where there was a, a body that was presented okay. there. Um, so okay. let's take it from us, Vince. Yeah. So, so suppression has gone through. They've mm-hmm. extinguished the fire. The, the fire suppression companies at the scene there may have noted or told the incident commander that like, Hey, you know what? It's weird. There were a couple of different places where I was putting out fires rather than like just one room and contents. Um, OFI is called and, and take us from there. You've reached Josh Hill with Sorry, Mr. Call. Please leave me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. 
at the tone. Please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories was supposed to be brought to you by the Frontline team. Josh, tell us about the current state of mortgages and some of the great, great services at the Frontline team. That's terrific. We were supposed to tell everyone to reach the Frontline team. We were going to tell everyone to reach out to the Frontline team on their Facebook and Instagram. It sure would have been wonderful if we would have done that, huh, Ben? But I guarantee Josh is out there closing right now. Oh, this guy does not. He's having not coffee. Close. You know why he's having coffee, Corey? <laughs> why is he having coffee? Because coffee's for closers. Coffee is for closers. Okay. This I guarantee you somebody's calling him right now. He can't pick up the phone because they're having an issue. And you know what? Josh is there. Nine o'clock at night. Nine the only reason he's night. not picking up the phone is because he's closing. He's closing. That's mm-hmm. the only reason for him not to pick up the phone. This voicemail is brought to you by the Frontline team. <laughs> right. So then I got two fire marshals that are on the scene. So the four of us, the chief, the assistant chief, myself, and the other special case guy, he's kind of a new guy training and stuff. We have uh, take-home buggies and we have a duty response. So, like, I'm on furlough this week, so next week when I come back, I'll have the duty. And I have the duty for seven days, and any fatals, 211s, or working fires of high-profile incidents, they want us there. You know, the chief wants us there. In a world that we live in with all the social media and the the information being thrown out there, they don't want bad information getting out. And we have to, like, nip it in the bud right away. So, the, uh, as far as a fatal... I don't know if you've ever sat in my fatal fire class, but that's the class I've taken on the road um, to Oklahoma and to Florida. And, you know, I you'd be amazed, Vince, that these guys, they come into these classes and they're just like, I always have a fire pattern review in any class I do because that's the bread and butter of a fire investigation. You know, um and that's where you you you're taking statements from the fire the, from the firemen at that point. right. Did you force entry? What did you see? Where did you see the fire? Yeah. If there is a victim, where did you see him? Face up, face down, head facing north. Where, south. Do, you, where do you have these conversations with these? I guys? go by the rig, you know. So at at the fire. Oh post God, fire. yeah. Okay. Immediately oh, Vince, post I'm, fire yeah. on the scene. Vince, you ask some of these guys, they'll be like, I don't want to talk to that prick because you know there's times where, you know. That's got to be a hard conversation. You just put a fire and then you. You have know what, Vince? I to. I don't. Is it your, the toughest I, part of your job? I don't. I don't fear any of these guys. Listen, you got a job. I got a job. I'm gonna tell the chief. If you want to lip off to me and be a tough guy, that's fine. But here's the thing: at the end of the day, you're still gonna tell me what I need to know. So, I got it now. Where if we have a uh, a victim or fire fatality, I. Because you got DDCs now going on stills. I mean, that's unheard of. You know, when I came on, they only on never. Stills. Yeah, stills. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so I would tell the battalion chief, and if there's a DDC, hey, um, and I know most of them because I deal with them all the time. And I say, look, I want, I don't want those first two engines and first two trucks. They're out of service. They need to come here and talk to me. You heard them, guys. Get on the front lawn. Let's go. We're going to talk. And that's the way we do it. All right. So Who's, you'll sit down with the forum, Bill? I'll sit down and I'll say, one guy, because if you let firemen talk, they're all going to walk all over each other. Sure. I'm the fucking hero. I'm the guy that was first with the pipe. Yeah, so you I know. kicked the door in. Right. I yeah. kicked the fucking door in and I grabbed. Shut up. Okay, you. Who's the officer of that engine right there? Tell me what you did. Was that door locked, unlocked? Where did you, did you find the victim? No. All right. Out of you four companies, who found the victim? We did. Truck. 
Okay. And I got a guy just described writing down as they're talking. File, name, daily, right? And it just all goes in the it just do you, do you go to court for all of these? Of course we get pretty much on fatal fires you could pretty much uh guarantee that guarantee you're, you're yeah. going to yeah. get at least deposed. We don't testify in criminal, we testify well, I shouldn't say that. We do we do testify in criminal sometimes, but most of our testifying is is uh, civil, you know, with lawyers that are trying to blame an yeah. appliance or, you know, smoking or something, you know. Are you so, also an arson investigator? <clears throat> I am not. That's okay. where the misconception comes in. OFI does not. We are not the police. Now, what if you are doing your investigation and you f you come to the conclusion that this was an arson? Chicago police matter. It is. It is. That, so arson investigation is a Chicago police? It is Chicago they police. Have arson. Uh, okay. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. They've got arson investigators who are police officers. Um, and again, they, they, they pretty much, you know, jump on with us and, okay, where's origin? Where's cause? What's the heat source? What's the, where did the fire go? How did, what did this, I don't understand this. I'm a cop. Explain yeah. this to me. So we talk, they do a report. We do a report. And then if there's criminal follow-up or any follow-up, they do it. Yeah. I mean, people don't know this, but the Chicago police, they are the authority, ultimate authority, having jurisdiction in, in our city. Well, it's the same with As us. As it comes like to criminal manners. Any, they are the only. At, at shootings, they have ult ultimate jurisdiction as yeah. well. Listen, crime scene, right? Yeah. Think about events, paramedic, crime scene. We're done here. Right. Yep. I was just saying that that's really what's too is that like the moment that someone is injured or or hurt, like if it could be brought back to a criminal matter, the police are, are the authority of jurisdiction. Right. Well, so so bring it back to the um to the murder arson potentially, where you've got a dead body and maybe multiple points of origin on a fire. Um, you come in and your your primary concern is again origin of the fire so where did the fire start and the cause of the fire you start maybe you start off the investigation of interviewing the fire suppression companies there right and then what else would you do billy um we just followed the the scientific method the seven steps of that scientific method you know if you use that methodology you yeah. can't go wrong in a fire investigation you really can't um and that's what i've beat into the heads of my fire marshals and training we train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they give me an hour of their day, and we train. And all I do is grill them the way anyone else would grill you. Methodology. Methodology. Yeah. When we look at fires that the previous shift went to, and I put photographs up that they've never seen before. Now they have to walk through the photographs, and I want them to be honest with me. How were the photos? Shitty. Why? They don't paint a picture. Well, what about your photos from last week? They didn't paint a picture. Are you yeah. learning? Yes. Now, walk me through step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and get me to the end. And then I want you to explain to me what the heat source was, first of all. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I want you to tell me the material or the object that you believe caught fire and why we have the end result here that we have. So you're looking at temperature. You're looking at paralysis. You're looking at all kinds of scientific ways on how a fire started because they have to be able to explain this to Vince, Corey, myself, a jury, a judge. The more they talk about it 
And the more that they discuss it, it becomes like their name. And right. they just start talking about it. And that's where we're at now in, in our unit with uh, training. So I, I know you're a little bit above this, Billy, but like what does, when you show up to a fire investigation, take, take me through what a fire investigation is to you. So like you might maybe walk up to the scene and interview the initial fire suppression companies, but take me through what you do. So you'll, you'll look at the, at the fire, you'll look at the, uh, at the structure that was on fire and where, where will you go from that? Well, that's when I was a fire marshal, but my role has changed drastically. For sure. The yeah. chief now, it's kind of like when you get promoted and you got to sit back and let them do their job. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I roll with them. Uh, yeah. You know, you gain what, their, you gain quick respect. What, what's your expectation of these guys though? Like, what would they you know the expectation. You're going to do your job. You're going to dig every. F- you're going to dig every fire scene out. You're going to okay. recreate a room. I don't care if we're here for 20 minutes or 20 hours. You're going to fucking stay here till the job right. is done. I'm sorry, Bill, but like, so like the bread and butter of it. So like if, you, if me and you are the fire marshals that day and we show up to this fire, what take us through a fire investigation One guy's night. Yeah, one guy's the lead. The other guy is your partner. Okay. And he basically is along for the ride. Okay. And depending on how well you work together, you know, like my old partner, uh, BP Kroll, Brian Kroll, the lieutenant on the second shift, we had it down to a science, you know. He knew what I was thinking. I knew what he was thinking. You guys don't have one of those tackle boxes that you carry with you, do you? What's yeah, that for? Yeah, like we in, can. Like in backdraft. Oh, my God. Here we go with the fucking... <laughs> He's got to do backdraft it, two Corey. Said. He said backdraft two, is two and a half. He's got to do five. it. He just had to do it. I knew he. he had, I could see it coming. It's at there. The, there is another. You, there is another Robert De Niro movie where he's an arson investigator in New York. No. Yeah. If you're talking about my favorite movie, what's that? Midnight Run. No, Midnight Run <laughs> is not my a fire. Fa- dude. Midnight Run and Die Hard are my two favorite fucking movies. In the world. Man, what is what is that movie uh, with the guy who was married to Heather Graham? It was those two? Oh, um, what movie was it? Come on, you're a I fire know. investigator. Yeah. This isn't like I, I am the, fact, like your, your jerk off material. <laughs> it, foreplay, we'll call it. Okay, you know, it gets the yeah. Um, Hang on, baby. God, what the fuck is his name? I know what you're talking about. Colin Burns or something Burns. It's not. I don't I don't remember anything oh, with De Niro except being a mobster and, you know, doing backdraft. But <laughs> yeah, so yeah. But right, what is so what like, is an art what does a fire investigator bring to the scene in order to ascertain origin of a fire? The origin of the fire and the cause of the fire. He, cause he, and origin. He is you know, there's a saying you, there's truth seekers and then there's case makers and you know what the, the, the public sector fire department guy, there there's a fear of always getting outshined by somebody else outside, you know. But here's the thing is the disclaimer is always out there. This is the information and this is the determination that we made with the information that we have right now as of today, you know, this right. hour. Right, wrong, or anything. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. It doesn't matter. And when people come into this big metropolis that we're in... <laughs> <laughs> And they start asking fucking questions. Second only and, to, to yeah, New York. Second State only fire. to New York, yeah, and L.A. or whatever the fuck, right. uh, out the West Coast. L.A. County. Yeah, L.A. County, yeah. You know, they they always will, well, is a criminal? Well, you got to ask the police on that. And it's yeah. just, when I tell them that it's a police matter, they look at me like they're You just com- present them your findings, right? right? Right. So we are experts in reading fire patterns, 
scene recreation, following a scientific methodology, and then we're going to give you a six or seven page report that gives you a synopsis of our findings. I mean, how hard is that? You know, yeah. right? Um, and and so like a fire investigator is an expert again in cause and origin. Yes, and so. Um, the term fire investigator has, I've heard it referred to as a fire scientist. And so again, these guys, like, they're not just like, uh, well, man, there's a pack of cigarettes. Like there's, there's, there's more to it. And again, the, the whole car, the whole, the whole road we're trying to follow down to is, is again, determining the origin and the cause of it. And like Billy kind of referred to that we've got some methodologies that we follow and going back to the fire scientist thing, that's where we have the, the, the methodology of, of what, of what a, a, a scientist is. Well, that being said, Billy, how, give me a percentage because I'm completely, I lack zero knowledge of this. How, on a percentage, how often are you able to determine cause and origin of a fire? Who don't do that to me? That's Ooh. one of those numbers. That's, I mean, yeah. is it is it Bill, mostly are, or is it? You Bill, know, we Bill, can always the, find. What are the four different causes of Listen, a fire? Right, the classification thing for for everyone out there in in radio land or podcast land, whatever you want to call yeah. it, you, you've got the classifications of accidental incendiary undetermined and whatever natural causes right yeah so, so we've got four different causes that we can that we can actually like classify but there's nothing as an unknown our world undetermined undetermined, undetermined. Okay. Yeah. yeah right undetermined that's not one you want to check right don't get me started with that <laughs> please don't get me fucking started well i because i would and imagine give- has a fire investigator you don't want to check that box because you you want to be you want to have you the want to answers. know what started it. Yeah. yeah. Listen, right. So is that a measure of a good investigator? Um, the, the measure of a good fire investigator who could go in there and read fire patterns and take me from the least to the most burn, and they could tell me exactly in some type of scientific, uh, knowledgeable, articulate way. So it's of, it, it's not subjective whatsoever. No. Right. No, it's an opinion based industry okay and this man right here said it best fire scientists and that's what i have done since i became the training officer is i've turned i think i've turned most of these guys into fire scientists because now they second guess themselves only on what they know about fire behavior and fire dynamics you know because ultimately people lie witnesses lie tenants lie everyone lies right because it's just lie you know yeah. do it just to yeah, fucking well, do it but the science doesn't lie the fire patterns don't lie vince right. they're there if you know how to read them and you know how to look at them and you know how to describe it because i could you know there, there's guys out there who can go in there and tell you you know this room did this this and this and this but they can't tell you how and why yeah. so that that absolutely does you absolutely no good you know so Getting back to the classifications, you know, this 921, which is just a guide for fire investigators to utilize, it just helps us. Right. And 1033 is the standards that we live by. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what the chief of the unit has tasked me with making sure that our fire marshals are compliant. 
and they are. They're they're fully compliant. These guys give me a hundred and fifty percent at every fire they go to. They they. I mean, I can't ask for anything more than blood from these guys. You know, I love them dearly. They do their jobs. I'll put them up against anybody, anywhere, anytime. They're that good. How many guys you got at O five right now? There's about thirty, I think, between three shifts. You know, and for uh, the entire city. For the entire city. And yeah. you guys go to every fire. Pretty much. So every you guys are spread. On fire, or spread them. Huh? Yeah. Every box on fire you guys get toned out. We get called or? out for rubbish. We get called out for. And what is your schedule? 24-hour platoon. Okay. So yeah. you're still on a fire schedule. They're on a platoon except for the office guys. We're eight-hour days. And, uh, again, the duty. So your platoon guys in the entire city, that's got to be spread pretty thin. Vince, they don't sleep. Yeah. They don't sleep. They're up all night. They're typing. So now you get every a, fire needs to have a determination. Determination, right? So they're up. From let's the say they get called out at midnight for a garage. They got to come back, and let's say they get back in quarters at two o'clock. They get a coffee. They're eating a donut or whatever. Now they got to start typing. Yeah, and they could be typing for another two hours. Now it's five o'clock. It put the coffee on. We're going home. You know, just on a fucking garage. Right now they get a, a fatality with. Uh, still you know they're they're down they're 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 gonna be typing and they truly don't get the respect that they deserve and that's kind of what i have been really trying to that's one of the reasons we want you on the podcast yeah because there are more people like me who just don't have the knowledge of what it is you guys do there's a misunderstanding a misconception of what we do and we've been out there trying to train Newly promoted battalion chiefs, DDCs, the commissioner, everybody from the commissioner down, you know, we've been trying to just give them knowledge on what they do. And and you know what? They they really, they when they need information, we have to have it for them, you know. They have a very important job to get out there and get the information out. So, but they're very cooperative. They're patient with us. They give us the time. But sometimes we just have to give them something, you know. And, and, well, because and there's there's press involved, press, there's media, me, like right. that all comes from you. Sure. When they're like, "Hey, uh, Mayor, what was the cause of this fire? Commissioner, what was the cause of this fire?" That that information comes from you guys. I can't tell you how many times I've been standing out in the middle of somewhere at two in the morning and call the chief, and he's like, "Hang on, I'm gonna three way call you here with uh, the commissioner and you know the and deputy there. commissioner yeah. of operations." Yeah. No, we never went with her. You know that. It would always go to her chief of staff or whatever Lightfoot had at the time. But, yeah, we the commissioner is the one who wants to have a firsthand knowledge of what's going on, you know, before yeah. it gets out there. She wants to hear it from you guys. She has to hear it from us, right. She relies on us. Have yeah. there been any really cool investigations that you have done where it was like something that there was that aha moment in your investigation? Oh, God. Any, something that really comes to mind that would be a really cool ass story. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of I mean there's there's a lot that I could that got to talk about as far as that yeah, but I I think the most gratifying I think the question is what is the most gratifying fire investigation that you could go to mm-hmm. and figure out um we've had a few of those as of recent events where uh you know, just staying with the process, the seven steps, and going through it and really uh, digging down deep. Following through. Following through. 
following through and not speculating and using what we know about science and, and, and incorporating it into a fire investigation and, and just we figure it out. And when you have five guys standing or shaking their head, fuck that make when 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 guys are telling you this makes sense, yeah. You're on to something. Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. On the line, we have Khalil, who got some rehab at Sports and Ortho. We're here with Dahlia, owner of Sports and Ortho. So, Khalil, what was injured? I herniated a disc in my lower back. Uh, I actually talked to Dahlia on the phone first, and she went, you know, she assessed what was going on. And uh, I went in and, um, you know, got treatment, and it was a very, very good experience. She set me up with one of the uh, the, the physical therapist and they did a they did an assessment when I went over there. Um, they had me tell them tell them exactly what happened and how I hurt my back and yeah. So they, they formulated a plan for me and you know it was really good. They're very detailed and they're they know exactly what they're doing over there. Would you recommend Sports and Ortho for anybody who has injured themselves? Oh yeah, absolutely. And the one the good thing I like about them is they're very familiar with people on the job with injuries that are similar to mine. So I, I like that they could actually like relate and actually, you know, I could I could have you know my injury treated the same way. And you're doing well right now. You're doing good. You're back to work. You're feeling great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back to work. Um, I've been I've been pain free for like past couple of months now. Um, just, you know, I'm still doing the stretches at home and and uh, you know I just I just keep on doing what they told me to do and hopefully I don't injure my back again. Yeah, I hope you don't injure your back again, too, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, yeah, I, yeah. we'll let you go. I know you have to work tomorrow, so be safe. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, all right. Have a good night. Thank you. Don't forget sportsandortho.net. Find your location. Thank you, Dahlia. Thank you, Vince. I mean, how many times have you been out there and you, you, you got somebody throw something out there and you're like, what What the f- With you. What are you, yeah. what are you talking about? Right. Right. Any, any cool like uh, ways that people have set fires that you were able to make a determination on? Oh my god! When I'm retired, <laughs> we'll bring you back, dude. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bill. So like, so, so we we've, we've talked about it. Like even even the Wayne Miller thing. Like, do you remember the the incendiary device they use? Like he, he used so the cigarette. He talks the, about the cigarette and the yeah. matches, the match which book. you know John Orr and you know right. Sweat did the the milk jugs with with the sock wick. What's that? Tell, tell me about that. What Billy? I'll tell you what. This is this is the story. I, I don't. I want to get that guy hand. in here. I who? real the, the guy who Orr wrote the book. Oh. No, no, not John Orr. <laughs> the guy who wrote the book. I can't think of his name right now, Vince. But he, God, how do I start this? He, Sweat was a DC arsonist, serial arsonist, and um, he was uh, he was gay, and this fireman and i can't think of his name right now he reached out to me a couple of times through uh, social media asking me questions about the unit and uh he had sent him a letter requesting you know let's talk about what you did you know i want to hear what you did and he said send me a picture and you have to be in your class a dress uniform wait wait the arsonist was asking yeah no kidding vince that, yeah. Okay. So I'll, when you I'll, sent him the picture, how he did sent, he react? He sends him a picture, <laughs> yeah. and he tells me, 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know. Well, think about jail and prison. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely putting you on the spot here, Billy. So, what are the? Can we talk about the motivations for an arson? Okay. You know what? So there's financial. Arson, right. Perfect. Okay. Look at it. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to jump in. I you want. I want to be. He's in. Yeah. Hey, Vince, I'm the old. I, I'm the odd man out here. I'm Vince, trying to fit I in. I want you to just talk. Go ahead. <laughs> financial. That's okay. Thing. Okay. Uh, personal. Okay. Right? I mean, is that and, is that and a when thing? You say absolutely. So when you say personal, like a boyfriend, like trying to get back at his girlfriend or something, like a like revenge that. thing. Sure. Very good. Yeah. What is absolutely. that? What's the actual classification classification for that? No, there is Man, no classification. But just you're okay. you're 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 working in motive now. Criminal? Would that be like criminal? No. So there's arson for profit. We talked about that, right? right? Financial. Right. So financial. Uh, accidental. Um, there's. Um, Acts of God. Well, we're talking about just like arson. So oh, like ar- someone, oh, arson. Yeah. Okay. So like, so going back to what what Billy said, there were the four classifications. There's accidental. Okay. So someone's just someone just fucks up. Okay? Yeah, fell asleep smoking a cigarette. Exactly. Accidental. Someone falls asleep smoking a cigarette. Someone, um, whatever. Candle. They, yeah, it's okay. a candle in the, in a bedroom. Sure. Um, okay. There's natural. Vince, what's a natural fire? Uh, lightning. Oh, ooh. what else is there? Vince, uh, I've actually had some lightning strikes that really Does that started fall? some. Yeah, yeah. and I've thing. actually, I you know that box doesn't get checked too much on our reports, but it's like holy no. shit, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm happy. I'm happy we went down this road, Vince, because XL is the only one, or, or um, um, lightning's really the only one around here. Yeah, you know, like you don't see it too much with anything else. Can, well, what else could it what, be? What else could it be? Listen, really? you know that's. You, and, 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 and I'm glad that you're asking it like that because people out there, fire investigators that are going to listen to this podcast are going to say, you know, I've been asked that by attorneys and by other experts. Yeah. What else could it be? Well, here's my answer to that. First of all, do you have an identifiable and observable fire pattern? Uh, yeah. Mm. So does that check the box that is that speculation that you had a fire, Vince? No, it's not. Because... If I ask you, do you have identifiable and observable fire patterns on the wall? I do. So would you agree with me? Is it fair to say that that a fire occurred in this compartment of this structure? It did. Okay. So now at some point, a heat source was introduced to a material or object and you had a fire, right? We talked about the reaction that causes heat, light, smoke, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And but the- will a lawyer say... All right, Mr. Granite, yes. is there any possible way that this could be anything but a fire? Oh, I'm going to eat you up right now. Yes. <laughs> anything in life impossible. Anything in life is possible. Counselor. Because they only, I have don't deal. To, they only have to present a... Um, well, let's not get Perry Mason, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want to... They have a vested interest. And I have these lawyers who ask questions of, well, is it possible, sir... For the record, I'm going to make it very clear to you right now. I'm only going to answer this one time. Possibility is lower than 50%. We don't deal in that. We deal with probable, most likely, within a reasonable degree of fire investigative certainty. Well, they only have to present a reasonable doubt to win They don't case. have to. Well, they, I don't They mean, do. That's murder. That's Vince. murder. That's, that, yeah, <laughs> that's, it, it, Vince, it's the that's same fair. thing for, Listen, to present an arson case. That's criminal shit. Is it shit, possible? Vince? That that was anything but arson. Vince, again, anything in life is possible. In our world, when I am presenting you with a report of my findings, 
I'm saying more likely than not, this is what happened, and this is why. You see where we're going? Right. I, I'm just telling you how the lawyers talk to me and their lawyer And that's talk. how you redirect a lawyer, when because you've answered his question. And that's another thing that we've been doing is we've been taking that class on the road is teaching fire investigators how— That should be how, a huge part of— like how to deal with lawyers in that. Vince, I don't know how many times guys have been like, oh, dude. Yeah. Corey, I mean, guys from Lake County, when we go to strike force meetings, oh, oh, man, I I wish you could just come and do a class on how to, how to, how to, how to, how to survive a challenge. Because I I imagine that you go through the the great lengths to to do your investigation part only to have some lawyer shit on it with some bullshit lawyer stuff. And then, Dude, with, so, with no knowledge of fire yeah. investigation. Do so like bringing it back to like bring it back to the beginning of the podcast where we talked about big man and guys like everyone is a big tough fireman and a big tough fire investigator until you get some some skinny little lawyer telling you that like well actually can you can you say that beyond a shadow of a doubt and and tear apart every piece of verbiage that you have which like again like bringing it back to what Billy was saying, like a fire investigator's job is halfway in between firemen and fire prevention. And a fire investigator is right there where they're, again, determining origin and cause of the fire. So if we're able to determine the area of origin, okay, so if we walk into a structure, like we talked about earlier, we walk into a structure and we say, hey, all of our fire patterns are directed towards the kitchen of this area. Okay. We go into the kitchen and once we're in the kitchen, this is the area of origin. This is the, the origin. What are the potential ignition sources that would lead us to the cause of the fire? So the origin is the kitchen, right? The cause of the fire are the competent ignition sources inside of that area of the kitchen. Right. Okay. And so that's where, like, like Billy was saying earlier, when we have a kitchen fire bill, what are things that we're ruling out as a potential ignition source in a fire? Cooking. Or in a kitchen fire. Right. Cooking is the most, sure. The most sure. typical one that you get. The stove versus stove left the it. electrical socket or okay. something like or that. Or the outlet or the receptacle right. yeah, or the appliance, the toaster, the fucking Keurig machine. So Vince, you know. what would tell us, I'm not trying to pick on you, but no, like just, just when we're talking about. So if you're going to say that this was a kitchen fire and, and I say, Hey Vince, why do you think it's a stove fire? What tells you is you that it's a stove fire, a fire that originates at the stove? <coughs> because that is where most of the charring and burning is as opposed to the rest of the kitchen. Sure. But like what would be things on the stove that would tell you that the stove the caused pot, the fire? The pot that was still on there. Sure. Yeah. Bill? You'd have you some correlating damage on the bottom of the pot, right? And then you have to know that the melting temperature or when the temperature of something starts to deform. But if a room flashes over like you get in a kitchen because you mm-hmm. got cooking oil, some bullshit, so right? At two in the morning, a turkey, a frozen I, turkey in the well. That's in the yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's public, you know, uh, public information, which I'm called that they get out there for people during Thanksgiving. But what what my guys are are are, are dialed in to do is there's people out there that will tell you when a room flashes over. There's absolutely no way to determine origin and cause, and I I don't know where. 
this guy, I mean, he's a he's a very pro- prominent investigator. He is uh, a, a gentleman that has gone on record saying um, it's a boys' club. This fire investigation community is a boys' club, and for many years, I I couldn't figure out what he was talking about. But I have a very clear understanding now of what he was getting at and the organization that he was referring to and the way that junk science gets out there, Vince. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Rescue One CBD Oil. Rescue One CBD, 0.000% THC, no fillers, no flavors, no chemicals or preservatives, and absolutely no failed drug tests. They're so confident that you won't fail your drug test that they'll include a little drug testing kit with your order. Uh, you can order the topical roll-on, the uh, little drop, the droppers that go underneath your tongue. That's what I use to go to sleep. So uh, rescue1cbd.com, enter the promo code BRAVEST and receive 25% off your order. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, Rescue One has been awesome to us. They uh, they love whenever we, we do a commercial for them because we know our guys in the Chicagoland area need and want this stuff. Um, and, I mean, giving out a drug test. But, then if if the whiskey companies that I subscribe to <laughs> gave out gave out attorney's fees, I'd be, it, same, same. You know what I mean? Same as a whiskey company handing out uh, breathalyzers. There you go. Yeah. It's not a bad move quick hit on the way out yeah for all you whiskey uh companies out there hit us up <laughs> right we're we're still we're but still hiring to, but, yeah but back to cbd but cbd is good too um make sure to take a look at the cbd oil um and again like vince said they got the roll on they've got the drops and um and again 100 percent safe for the job and i'll use fire suppression as an example here for so so that people could understand just because i go to a lot of fires doesn't mean i'm a good fireman Right now, as a fire investigator, if I'm taught that, you know, uh, spalling of concrete is an ignitable liquid and that uh, fire patterns are, you know, this, this and this. And we 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 we, we look at a, a room that flashes over and we have no areas of protected that we could look at to say for sure that, you know, this was or was not the area of origin, you know, um, if that's being taught by people who, in my opinion, have a short shelf life, when you leave this, and I'm going to be there one day too, when I walk away from this, I'm going to hold my head up high and like Jordan, hopefully, be a champion. And I just want to walk away. I'm not going to go out and try to do seminars and right. tell people about the fucking the good old days of when I was training officer in 05, five years ago, because that's not fair to those young guys sitting in that classroom learning about the science of this. And that's what this gentleman was referring to, the good old boys club. And I think he knows where I'm going with this, with the club that I'm referring to. And he's a good guy. He knows what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what. If you line up 10 fire investigators in this room right now and you sit them down and you start asking them simple shit of, give me the definition of fire. Give me the melting temperature. What temperature does paralysis begin on a piece of wood? Oh. Yeah. Billy, what temperature does aluminum ignite at? Ignite? Or does it start to deform at? Right, melting. Melting point of aluminum. So if you want to talk about 
when it starts to deform, let's go between 12, 1300 degrees or 1500 degrees. That's it. That's it, pal. So you, you knew that answer. I did. I did. Okay. So like, and, and again, this is going to the point of like what a, and what, but this is how we prepare fire investigators, Vince, because you're going to get asked questions like that. If that is a material that's in your area of origin. Yeah. Okay. What's the ignition temperature of aluminum? But what right. it, I mean, yeah. just ex- explain to me how that is significant in an investigation. Like, come on, think about it. If, 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 it, is, if the room got that hot. No, no, like, don't. No, 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 no. That's junk science. Okay. A room doesn't just get that hot. So there's phases of fire, right? You have the incipient, then you've got free burning, mm-hmm. and then you've got like a decay stage, right? Yep. But that fuel load in a ventilation-deprived compartment, which is a, a bedroom or a living room or whatever, once it eats that fuel up, it's got to find somewhere to go. Which, as Billy Heenan will tell us, is the pre-stage of a backdraft. You know, and so, like, uh, again, a ventilation-deprived environment. And and once that ventilation is introduced to the environment, what happens? Well, that's when you get the flashover. Right, rapid rapid combustion. But, you know, smoke explosion, uh, backdraft, you know, you got to be very you got to be very methodical on how you say things in front of people because, you know, you've got people out there that hold 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 the metropolis to a big higher standard. When we go on TV, we start talking about flashover in a room, you know, backdraft. They're going to be looking for otherwise. Always. Right. It just seems that way, you know. Yeah. It's just the nature of the game. Right. And and again, Bill Bill Granite here is going on a well. He, he's yeah. going. He's going on a. I'm on a mission on a triple <laughs> fatal fire. I'm on a th- fucking mission at three o'clock in the morning, and the next day, he's got a an attorney for the family that died, asking him what the what the ignition temperature is of aluminum. Yeah. So again, put this into context. Like this is why. This is what's so incredible about my guy over here is that, like, while he's responding to this to this fatal, potentially arson murder fire at 3 o'clock in the morning, the next day he will have to respond and say to a lawyer why this is the ignition temperature of this particular material or why he he regards this area of origin as the, the ignition source of the fire. Well, I like, Billy, how you, you put it. They can ask you all these questions, sure. but you just present the science. Yeah. Well, so that's what I'm lawyer, trying. A lawyer can't, can't argue that. Sure he can. Well, sure he, he, he can. can, but that's her job. He, he, he's going to get... Right. At some point, he's not going to ask you nothing that he doesn't know or that his expert that he hired isn't going to tell him to know. So uh, it brings me to, and and next week we're having our annual conference with the ATF, and basically I'm going to be doing a a segment where we're going to be talking about scene recreation, and I'm going to really, hopefully these guys are listening. Well, by the time they hear this, it'll be, you know, the conference will be over, but I'm really going to... There's only four people listening, (laughs) They'll share it. The the fire tetrahedron, if you could think about that just for one minute, and as a fireman, you were taught that in the beginning of time. Day three. Right. That's fucking the basic. But if you could think of that, no matter if I ask you what is the melting temperature of a tungsten metal, you never tell an attorney that you don't know something. 
you know, you tell them, well, sir, with all due respect, this fire investigation didn't involve tungsten metal, but I'm, I assure you that if you gave me time to reference my book there, I could give you the melting temperature of tungsten material, metal, right? There's ways when they back you into a corner, but if I think of a heat source, fuel load, oxygen, and combustion, right? If I think of those four elements and I put that together, when you ask me any question, Vince, I don't care if it's a fucking 311, a 511, a still a box, a dumpster. At some point, there was an open flame, a heat source that can, that transferred heat to something, and we have a fire. And if you can do that in the simplest form and think about that fire triangle, and that's what I tell a lot of these guys from the suburbs that are just like, oh, God, oh, if I, oh, you know, they're just like, you know, you guys are the shit. No. We're no different than you guys. We fear things more than you guys do because we're on the chopping block. But let me tell you something. I could have a double fatal in North Palis, you know, and their fire investigator, who I know very well, could be the lead on it, and he could be asking me questions like, how, how do you put this all together? Take how your time. How you rule this out? Yeah, how do you right. rule this out? Well, let me ask you, don't tell me what we don't have. Tell me what we do have on that scene. And that is... The way we roll. I mean, tell me what we have, not what we don't have, you know? And you won't get yourself boxed into a corner. You won't have the boys club come after you, the uh, the private boys and the private the private sector. Well, I shouldn't say the private sector, but the privately owned association that somehow has... Carte Blanche. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Would you, could I use the word manipulated? Ooh. <laughs> Generations of fire investigators. How many drinks do we got? Yeah, manipulate is worthy. <laughs> so, so it's funny that we talk about Vince. I love to roll on you at hour two of things, but like this was actually a tryout, Vince. A tryout. A tryout. He asked Vincent. <laughs> so, me and Billy were talking about it and like. I the only reason he agreed to coming on this podcast, which he he has said he listened to before, but if you guys out there actually like Bill, which I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty in, but <laughs> I mean I was thinking seventy dude, seventy <laughs> pro I like so but like but we've talked about we're like there's a, fire investigations is a very distinct. Um, it's, it's a very distinct discipline inside the fire service and, and Bill, we, we had talked about like Bill actually doing a fire investigations podcast with us and I had to really, I mean, I had to do some very questionable things to get him in here today. That makes sense. But yeah, no, which I... I'll do willingly, very, very fairly. <laughs> you were going to do it anyways, right. let's it, be honest. It was going to happen, yeah. you know, yeah. but like, but again, like this is, this is a very, very like specific discipline inside the fire service where Billy really wanted to like kind of dig into like what was going on. So, so let us know if you guys want to hear more from Bill, because like he was re- like, he really He's wants on to the talk fence. about like the. He needs you guys. He needs you guys to sway him. Either he doesn't way. know what he wants to do. Doesn't know what he wants to do. He either wants to go back to Manuka. Where was it? 
Manuka. Oh, Mantino. <laughs> Mantino. <laughs> Mantino. Where, Mantino. Where do you even get Manuka from? Manuka's out there somewhere. It's an M. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I know it's out Thank there. Thank you, Bill. Bill gets where I'm going. It's, Manu- it's, an M. it's an M Manuka, word. Mantino, it. Piatone. Yeah. It's all the same right. shit out there. Yeah. Now, <laughs> this is Corey's thing, but I, I, I don't know why... The image of you guys at OFI playing jokes on each other just conjures up some pretty fucking dark shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh but it does. fuck, you know, arguably darker than. <laughs> there's right. been some pretty, there's some pranksters, yeah, and just we have downtime and we have a really good time, you know, and you know, going from being one of those guys in a in a car with them digging out fires and, you know, to putting on a, a white shirt, you know, being their boss, you know. Uh, I, I got to say, every single one of them, that's a hard transition, right? I mean, yeah. one minute you're, are, you're you're in the car complaining with me about the way things are going. Next yeah. minute, now you're my boss. And, you know, you have to give people respect. You have to let them do their thing. They're trained. They know what they're doing. All I'm there to do is to help you. And, of course, a lot of questions come up when things get chaotic I'm pretty much like the wolf. I come in there and it's like, you know what? I'm the cleaner. We're going to clean this fucking mess up. We're going to do it your way, but I'm going to clean up some of this extra fat here that we need to, you know, trim, you know, and, um, it's worked. It's worked very well, you know, and, uh, we've got our critics. We've got our enemies. We've got people who work against us. They know who they are out there. I'm sure they're going to be listening to this, you know, and, uh, Probably not, Billy. Let's oh, I, I, when they see the name, they're gonna. <laughs> what has he got to say? You know. So, well, have your guys played any jokes mom. on you since you? Oh uh, my been a god, boss? they. I can't even tell you the jokes these guys have played on me since the, being the boss. Yeah, they. You know the give, old training. Give us one, Billy. Oh shit! I used to sleep in a. I basically made during the COVID thing. I kind of played a joke and I made a like a makeshift tent in the men's locker room and I was sleeping <laughs> in there. Hey. The order said, <laughs> the order said to, to to isolate, right? So I I'm sleeping in a tent. Well, I you, came you in one morning. Brought a tent. In it? <laughs> yeah, I told my partner. I said, you know, Brian went to Dick Sporting Goods, and I told the guy, hey, I need a tent. He goes, where are you going camping? I said, who the fuck said anything right. about camping? I'm going to work. Thirty nine to Pershings. Guys, like, what do you do? What do you do for a? I'm a fire marshal. <laughs> so. They they built a nice little tent by my desk where I sit, and it was it was just a great thing. Yeah, it was a great thing. All right, great so thing. To to double down on this, Billy. So like, your whole career, best rank you've seen. Best rank. Prank. Prank. Oh my god. Dude, there's been some good ones. Ooh, there has been some real. I, I you know, Billy, you got 31 years in the fire service. I think the I think Kevin Sears. Oh, I'm, I'm I, I really okay. got I'm loving I, it so far. I don't even know if I could go down this path. Just say it, and if we'll it's if it. it's not good, I'll if cut it. If it's not good, I'll cut. I'll no. cut it. So, at the time, I'm not gonna cut it. <laughs> he never does. You're dead meat, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell them about the cookies and milk. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> Billy, we've been at it two hours, buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I know that we got. We there's still so have mu- some stories in there. There's so much left to talk about, and you know, I, I mean, go, uh, kind of going off of what Corey here said, I, I really, I, I there was a, a podcast that a gentleman did called Flamefront Radio, and I can't think of the guy's name, but he was out. Of, he he did like five episodes, and it went uh-huh. away. Yeah, it, it went away, and yeah. I don't know what happened to the guy, but 
I, you know, I like listening to podcasts. It's, it, it's relaxing to just throw it on at night. You know, you're trying to fall asleep and that's kind of how I came across you guys just listening to somebody. You needed these. something to fall asleep no, to. No, 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 no. Yeah. Re- just the relaxing end of it, you know, just putting, putting something on, listening well, to guys. You know, who's not going to be relaxed listening to this. <laughs> Kevin Sears. <laughs> Kevin Sears. <laughs> Big old fucking Miss Kevin Sears. The phone's going to be, uh-uh. you motherfucker. Yeah. No chance. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough for being here. Oh, and I, you know I, what? Let's do it again. Yeah. Uh, we still, I, I'm sure we just scratched the surface. And I really want to, you know, learn more about this. And it was an interesting, like, peek behind the curtain on OFI. Because, honest to God, uh, I had no idea of what OFI involved. Right. I thought it was just a bunch of guys coming out in their overalls, you know, trying to sc- scrape around and, you know, find out what, what happened. Right. But it's so much more than that. Oh, the impression has always been ducking. You know, you're hiding. You you don't want to be in a company. You don't want to work. Uh, but my, my, my job, and I've been tasked with this job by the chief, is to try and recruit good firemen because a good working fireman from a good company is going to work hard for us. And would you say that a, it oh, takes God. a good fireman to be a good OFI? I, I wouldn't go that far, but Ouch. it helps. It helps. <laughs> it helps. It helps. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a you know, different. A, I mean, there's a, a level of motivation. Yeah, right? it's a, exactly yeah. frame of motivation. You know, firemen being good in in people's terminology to what we have in OFI. These guys have hearts like whales they give you 150 percent they have their breaking point there's a point where they're just going to tell you hey fuck you i can't do anymore you know sure. and they don't like to cross that line between uh you know criminal and accidental you know once it's criminal it goes to arson you know they are the ones that investigate crime in the city that's it that's how this works and it was told to me by uh you know uh generations of ofi fire marshals before City council has always said firemen will never carry guns in this city ever, you know, and there's no reason for a fireman to investigate crime. That's a policeman's job. So that would be very hard to get rid of that mindset, you know, and I don't blame, you know, in in all honesty, we're busy enough with just origin and cause, you know, there's no such thing as an arson expert. I mean, there's going to be people really cringing to hear that because that's the marketing ploy of their business. I'm an arson expert. Sure. You're not. You're not. You're an origin and cause guy, first and foremost. And there's been no private guy that I know of that has handcuffs and a gun and it makes an arrest on a fire that they investigate, you know. Yeah. So. So, what, um, just just going on with what, what Vince was asking. So, like, what do you have coming up? We uh, At the end of May, we've got the, at Moraine Valley, we're doing the ATF uh, CFD three-day conference. We, last year was the... Uh, you know, kind of like the, the groundbreaking one. First thing I was told when I became training officer by chief is I've been trying for years to get a conference here, make it happen. Within a month, we had it with the ATF. Uh, is, there, we, is there somewhere that people can go to find this? And sign you know what? Stuff? It's closed now because obviously. Um, but, yeah, if you go to Facebook, uh, go to the um, – if you go to – OFI has like a Facebook uh, page that I run, and okay. I put all kinds of training notices is all over. Is it just OFI? No, or? it's everybody. No, uh, how they can find it on Facebook. Yeah, just Facebook and then Office of Fire Investigation, and then just – it'll come up, you okay. know. We've got almost a 1,000 people right now following us. So okay. it started with nothing, just me dabbling around, and now it's turned into something much bigger. Okay, so everybody check that out on Facebook, OFI. Mm-hmm. That's all you need, Office of Fire Investigation. 
just go yeah just search that on their search engine and we'll come up click us click on us you'll see our logo and then ask me questions call me whatever you want to do okay well very good uh billy was awesome it was Thank awesome you so being much here. Uh, i appreciate having, it it was nice having a glass of whiskey with you buddy oh big time it was yes, a pleasure meeting you pleasure um any last words there core <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yes. He's got to check his phone. Well, he's got to do the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. He, who, who he wanted to do the whiskey. Who texted? Said, I said I was. He said you he know, was. You know who texts me. <laughs> you know who texts me. It is ironic that he's going to pimp whiskey for somebody else with an empty glass. It just seems wrong. It just seems Vincent, wrong. Vincent, it's funny you say that because I love bottles of whiskey, especially they're sitting on this fucking, affix this fucking table. Yeah. Um, and none better than Franken Park's local fifteen twenty six. Fifteen twenty six. That's a good. That's a good brand. What does that number mean to you, Vince? Fifteen. Is that their local? That's their local. God damn it! That's yeah. their local. That's yeah, their so, local, huh? 15, so these guys. Local fifteen twenty six. Here's to you. Fifteen twenty six. Here's to you. So again, wait. Uh, here, here, if they can hear me, Sabin. Mm. No straw. Fellas. No straw. No straw. Fellas and lady, <laughs> no lady. So there's no ladies um, in that department. Not one. Not one. So um, is there any ladies in OFI? There are. Sure. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, they're they're um, oh, absolute beautiful women. They're just yeah. they are workhorses. Yeah. They're they're just they're See, another thing I did they not just, know about OFI. They work their ass. They're they're fantastic. Really? I told them. I said someday you might have my job. You might be the training officer. Well, isn't someday. that the goal of every boss? Everybody is to have it should be replace them. Right. It, you should not be jealous. You should not hold a grudge. If you were in the unit before and you were out to defeat us and and make us look bad, shame on you. Yeah. Um. You should be priming the next group of people to, to come take, in to and take, take over, place. take yeah. the room. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. There's, Did you get that out? 1526. 1526. So, local 1526 again. Like, we'll post it on our Facebook. Uh, boys. Oh, wait. You know what? Hang on. I got something for you, Billy. You won't do it. Oh, no. What? So, um, so again, Franken Park is putting out a whiskey that is going to be, um, that's going to be available for pre-sale right now and eventually for, for purchase. And this is going to be for, um, to, to support the local, of Franklin Park Fire Department, which has always been a strong support of this podcast. Vincent, well, I have what something. is in this dropper? I have something for you. I don't know oh, thank you. if you what use that. It's CBD from our friends at Rescue One, which is 0.000 THC, so it's safe for the job. Oh. Okay. I don't know if you've ever dabbled in the benefits of CBD oil. If you need help sleeping, uh, it really is a good way to battle inflammation. And uh, like, if you have those aches and pains, or got plenty of those, you're having you know trouble sleeping and stuff like, a couple drops under your tongue, like a dropper full under your tongue. If you want to go to sleep, like just right before you're winding down for bed, take a, a couple droppers, put it underneath your tongue. You are going to be sleeping. Like I will warn you though. You're going to have some crazy dreams. Oh, They're going to be so vivid. I mean, it's like you've watched a video while you're sleeping. It's, it's so crazy. This They're great. Film. Wow, you're taking me see back to face. high school days. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> it's shown back up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give me that back. Uh, <laughs> I don't want uh, to uh, do that to you. <laughs> so, uh, once again, thank you, uh, Billy, for being here. That's another amazing episode of Chicago's Bigger Stories.
The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.